I would have just said, hey, let's paint the pumpkins or let's throw them off the roof. (laughs) Carving is quite ambitious. Welcome to Book Therapy. I'm your host, Kim Patton. There's no way to count how many books are floating around in this world. Some are decent, some are truly terrible, and some are great. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into one great book. Together, we will discover gems of truth and encouragement to help you face your current season of life. I'm ready. You're ready. Let's get this party started. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me here today. We have another episode of Book Therapy coming up next. But first, I wanted to give you a sneak preview of what we're going to be doing in December. I'm going to have a special episode where I talk about the books that I've read this year in 2022. And I kind of want to hear what books you guys have been reading in 2022. Between your list and my list, I think we can come up with an episode or two for next year. All right, let's dive into the book. Today's book is The Birth Order Book by Dr. Kevin Lehman. He wanted to call it something different, something super snarky, but his marketing team vetoed him and he got the nice, broad, yet very descriptive title, The Birth Order Book. Let's talk about Dr. Kevin Lehman for a minute. This is actually a revised and updated version. I received it in 2010, and this was the third edition. So it first came out in 1985. He's a psychologist. He has five kids and his wife, Sandy. He is no stranger to family dynamics and complicated family drama. But of course, it has to come with a disclaimer. I'm realizing that I give a lot of disclaimers. I guess it's just easier to apologize at the beginning (laughs) than at the end. The disclaimer today is hey, some of you are skeptical. I understand. I totally understand. I live with a skeptic. He's a skeptic about all the things I'm passionate about. (laughs) I love the Enneagram. He's always like, meh. Why do you have to put people in a box? Why do you have to pigeonhole people? My disclaimer is that I will not pigeonhole you today. I will do my best to just give information. The goal of today's episode is just to provide some insight. That's it. It's pretty harmless. Kevin Lehman even addresses this. He calls it the keys to birth order. And it says things like, as important as a child's birth order may be, it's only an influence. It's not a final fact of life. And it can change. He also says the way parents treat their children is important. Every birth order has strengths and weaknesses. Parents must accept both while helping their children develop positive traits and cope with negative ones. He also says no birth order is better or more desirable than another. And birth order information does not give the total psychological picture for anyone. So there you go. But what we're really here to do is encourage you and give you little tidbits that might help you understand your family dynamics better. Before we dive into each category, I'd like to give a description of how fluid and funky birth order can be. Dr. Lehman has five kids, and ranging from the oldest to the youngest, there's a 20-year gap. Two times they had unexpected pregnancies, and they have fairly large gaps in between a few of their children. Kevin Lehman has one son, Kevin II. He was born right in the middle of two older sisters and two younger sisters. So technically, his birth order is middle child. But he was the baby of the family for several years, 
And as the only son, and we'll talk about this, he's what's called a functional firstborn. These are all just tendencies, suggestions, observations, but just like Kevin Lehman II, he's experienced a lot of changes in his family. And the more we talk about these, the more you can see what all the components are and how one thing affects another, etc. Let's start with firstborns. So the technical definition of firstborns has three parts, and this might surprise you. Of course, the first one is the first child born in a family. The second one, though, is the first child of that gender. And the third component is a child whose next closest same-gender sibling is five or more years older than him or her. We see throughout this book that five years old is kind of the age in which personalities are more cemented and kids are a little more grounded. Birth order is affected by the year's difference between each child, and five years seems to be not a magic number, but it seems to be the number that starts a different birth order. If that's confusing, don't worry because we kind of shake it out in a minute. One example of a firstborn is Herb Kelleher, who's a former president and CEO of Southwest Airlines. On page 46, we learn about the CEO and how his goal for the airline is to amuse, surprise, and entertain. Now, that doesn't necessarily sound like a firstborn. Their firstborn tendencies are of leadership and perfectionism and organization, getting things done. The more silly and entertaining characteristics seem to come from a later born. The interesting thing is he is the baby of the family. He's the fourth born of four boys, but there's a nine-year gap between him and the next older brother. So he had all this coaching, so he became a CEO, but he still had that personality that's infectious and charming. And because he leads with that personality, many on his staff follow suit. So again, while he's a baby of the family, he has firstborn tendencies because of the age gap. Let's talk about the pressure and the problems that firstborns struggle with. You've all heard the joke of like how many pictures are in the photo album of the firstborn child and then how many of the middle and the last or the subsequent children. It, it fades <laughs> with time. And I know by experience now why that happens. We're a little tired. These are some of the phrases that a firstborn may have heard a hundred times growing up. I don't care what he did. You're the oldest. What? You don't want to take your little brother with you? Fine. Stay home. Keep your brother out of trouble. What kind of example are you setting? Will you please act your age? When are you going to grow up? She's smaller than you. You know better. Oof. That's tough. And I've heard those before. I've said those before. It's what happens. Firstborns do have a lot of pressure. They are with the adults. They are the first one, which means they got a ton of attention, a ton of motivation, and a lot of pressure to perform, to achieve, to please. Some firstborns struggle with that pressure and they feel it in them all the time. And many firstborns do struggle with perfectionism. What is the perfectionist cycle? There's a figure on page 107. It's a circle with arrows pointing. Basically, you start with, I must be perfect. And then the next line is, there's nothing I can't do or accomplish. But then it kind of moves on to, wait a minute, 
how did I get into this? I'm not going to be able to get this done. And then it morphs into, it could have been better. I blew it again. I am what I do. The only thing that counts is results and performance. So I'll try harder. I know I can do better. And it starts again at the beginning with, I must be perfect. I remember a friend who was just obsessed with perfection. And she she was a firstborn and she was amazing. I mean, she was having her kids carve pumpkins when they were like two and four. And I was kind of watching like, this is insane. How are we carving pumpkins with these kids? But she taught them meticulously how to do it. And she gave them the tools and she showed them exactly what to do and gave them the confidence to carve a pumpkin with her. And it was a really beautiful moment. And I'm not a perfectionist, so that didn't really appeal to me. I would have just said, hey, let's paint the pumpkins or let's throw them off the roof. (laughs) Carving is quite ambitious, but she did it. And that was her personality. And I think it's what made her a great mother. But I also saw the underbelly and I saw how it plagued her and how she felt like she was failing her kids if she wasn't doing things exactly perfect for them. All right, what about the middles? We have this mysterious middle child. And studying middle children is so interesting, but also kind of challenging because they don't really give us a lot. And what I mean by that is they are a little bit of a mystery. They hide things well. You kind of have to dig a little bit with these middle children. So remember with birth order that mostly the child is affected and influenced by whoever is directly above them. Is it an older brother? Is it an older sister? What's the age gap? Let me tell you about this crazy paradox of middle children. I remember reading this page. I, I even remember where I was when I was reading this page because I was, I was in shock. Kevin Lehman has this chart, and it's called The Middleborn Inconsistent Paradox. And on one side, he describes a certain type of middle child. And on the other side, he describes another type of middle child. And they are different characteristics. When I read this chart, one side was one brother, and the other side was the other brother to a T. And it scared me. I was like, how in the world does this happen? Yes, I might be pigeonholing my brothers at this point. I apologize. But it goes to show the mystery of the middle children. So on the left side, we have these characteristics. Loner, quiet, shy, impatient, easily frustrated, very competitive, rebel, family goat, aggressive, a scrapper. And on the other side, we have sociable, friendly, outgoing, takes life in stride, laid back, easygoing, not as competitive, peacemaker, mediator, avoids conflict. So the funny part about this is the brother on the left I fought with and the brother on the right (laughs) broke up the fights. (laughs) What are the secrets of the middle child? Dr. Lehman on page 159 lists a few of them. First, he says you are more of a closed book than an open one. You do not choose to confide in very many people. In some cases, this may be the wise thing to do. He also says you are likely to be mentally tough and independent. He says my smallest group of counselees has always been the middle children. One thing middle children like to do is sit back and watch. I did have one brother tell me he did this when we were growing up. He would see how the family treated me. He would see what happened when I made a choice. What was my punishment or reward? 
and then he would make his decisions based off that. I thought that was very interesting because I've never been a sit back and watch kind of person. I am the one of action. I am a little bit risky or bold to just go and do something and then forge the path. But this brother said he paid attention and made his decisions based off of what he saw. I love this story about Kevin Lehman's daughter. Her name was Chrissy, and she they were out celebrating her ninth birthday, and someone came up to their table and said, oh, I'm supposed to ask you to speak at our conference next year. And he mentioned the date, and that date was his daughter's birthday. <laughs> and she was kind of nudging him and like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he was like, hold on, we're talking. And finally, she couldn't stand it any longer, and she said, he can't come. Why was she so adamant about that? Well, it was her birthday and birthdays were a big deal. And she got her daddy all to herself on that day. And she looked forward to it every year. And so even a year away, she was determined to keep her daddy all to herself. That leads into what middle children and really all children need. And that's one-on-one time. We do know that middle children tend to get overlooked or passed by. And so giving your children one-on-one time can really foster a relationship that goes beyond the siblings or the family dynamic and allows you to dig a little deeper into your mysterious middle child. Now we get to the baby of the family. I will say I'm a little bit partial to the baby of the family. I am number six of seven. So technically my little brother and I are the runts of the litter, but because I'm the only girl in the whole family, I have a lot of firstborn tendencies. I would say that my little brother and I definitely were more of the entertainers, super sociable, super affectionate, and a little bit wild. I I wouldn't say that I was a comedian. He definitely was. He was super funny. He had all of my brother's girlfriends laughing constantly, and that's all they cared about. They would come over to hang out with my brother's. And my little brother would just steal the show. And we were all just dying laughing. I did enjoy making people laugh. And I did enjoy being silly and goofy and energetic and hyper. As if I was bouncing on a trampoline 24-7. The baby of the family has tendencies. And I won't go through all of them because you probably already know. But let me just talk about the author's personal story. And his was that he struggled in school. He really, really struggled in high school. And he was the class clown. But one teacher pulled him aside and said, you know what, I I know what games you're playing. And they laughed about it because, but he really was the worst. He was acting up, he was failing classes, and the guidance counselor tried to help him. But he says, I don't know if I can get you into college. And Kevin Lehman's like, oh, got to get into college on my own. So he tried so hard, but he was rejected by everybody. I mean, he really tanked high school, but he didn't stop trying. He went to uh, sell magazines for a while, and he actually turned out to be a fantastic salesman. I find this super interesting because a lot of lastborns do tend to be charmers and relaxed and, and sociable and likable. People feel comfortable around them. So he got a lot of sales orders and he was really successful in sales for a while. He wanted to go back to school. So he did go back to school. He met his wife. 
He really understood how hard he had to work to get his degrees, and the rest is history because he has many, many degrees, many honors. He's been on several TV shows. He's a very accomplished psychologist. He's helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families, and he's written a lot of books. Lastborns are often risk takers, so pay attention to what these lastborns are doing because they might they might shake things up. Okay, so we talked about firstborns, middleborns, and the babies of the family. A few things I need to mention. Parenting creates a lot of variables in birth order. And as, think about the birth order position of each of your parents. Firstborn parents usually tend to run a pretty tight ship. Also, the critical eye of the parent matters. If the parents are pushing the kids, no matter what their birth order, the kids may react certain ways. There's a lot more I could say about birth order and this book is 300 pages so it really covers everything and there's so many beautiful specific examples especially with parenting. I think it's really important to pay attention to what your kids need. Obviously everybody knows that but pay attention to what where their heart is and if I'm too hard on my firstborn that might backfire Of course, I want to teach her to obey and I want to teach her to do what's right and to treat her sister right and to not hit her with a fake cooking frying pan, which she's done before in recent history. But at the same time, I want to be tender with her and I want to give her special one-on-one time so that she doesn't feel that she has to be perfect or that she has to do everything right all the time. I need to offer her grace just like God offers me grace as a parent. There are so many tips in this book for all kinds of families, blended families, adoptive families, parents with two kids of the same gender, parents with multiple kids. There's a lot of good stuff. I'd like to end with just a word of encouragement. You are not defined by how you were raised or how you are raising your children. You are defined, your identity is with Christ, and you are a new creature. It's important to reflect on the past, how we were raised, and it's important to plan for the future. But at the same time, may we always be tender and open-hearted and compassionate towards others and also with ourselves and with our children. And may we be willing to set things aside and just spend a little time face-to-face with the people we love. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Book Therapy. We talked about the Birth Order book by Kevin Lehman. Just wanted to remind you that it is the 2009 updated and revised edition. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. So technically, my little brother and I are the runts of the liver. <laughs>